you live from DNHQ in beautiful South Pasadena, California. This is the Blue Heaven Podcast. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Sorry we're coming at you uh, probably a little later than you thought. But if you're listening on the podcast side, everything is great and delicious. Speaking of delicious, my name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. I do not support that statement. It does not represent me. But I am Brooke. You can find me at BrookeMe3. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as well. On today's show, look, we are... We're exhausted. It was a long weekend. Uh, was a lot invested in the Padres series. It felt like you were most games. It feels like you're not in every single pitch. Yeah. But against the Padres, carries a little more weight. Felt like all weekend, all my emotions were into every single pitch that was thrown. I'm tired. There's really bad umpiring that we got to talk about with the one, the only, Mr. Doug McCain, which is going to be great because we all know there's no one like Doug. Yeah, we'll throw to Doug in a couple uh, a couple minutes. Uh, we're also going to talk about the walking wounded. We got some updates on injuries and whatnot because you know as much as the Padres and whatever will say, oh, we weren't in full health. Neither were the Dodgers, and if anything, they got more unhealthy as the season and the series went along. Uh, can relate. Well, a, a whole bunch more. We're also going to announce the winner for last week's giveaway from uh, Elite Sports Collectibles and yada yada. So. Before we get into the show, we got to remind you this is a uh, podcast, so go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the spots that uh, you know you want to listen to us. We're there. We are there, and you won't regret it, probably. I don't know. You can always unsubscribe. I don't know what to yeah. tell you. And uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash DodgersNationTV. It's probably the best place you can do it. Subscribe, hit that notification bell. You will. You might be. You probably will be glad you did. Uh, Ari's very excited to have Doug on Blue Heaven. Doug, Doug is a, a, a consistent request on the Blue Heaven podcast. Doug is, is, is the greatest uh, uh, hero of our generation on uh, Dodgers Talking. <laughs> <laughs> on 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 Dodger specific talking. One of like my that. one of my favorite things is uh, is is I think I think people like Doug more than they like Dave Vasse, but I don't know if that's even saying anything. Honestly, we love Dave. Come on, Spring Bullers. Dave, Dave's a nice boy. Spring Bullers at Jack in the Box down bad. Uh, Jack in the Box has given away a lot of jumbo jacks in the past couple of games. I don't know if they knew what they signed up for, but uh you know, we're big time bur- uh, burger models. So uh we appreciate yeah, Jack yeah. in the Box and their sacrifice to the community and giving back all the jumbo jacks to everybody. Fredo says, "Did you guys hear the Dodgers won in Dodger Stadium South?" Yes, they did. Uh yes. Anthony Keenson, "Happy Monday, my dudes. What is going on, Anthony Keen? We got Spring Blurs also checking in from Victorville, by the way. So that's cool. A Juice Nero's coming in hot already with the hashtag fire Dave Roberts, Carlos to back him up. Up. I don't know. He used Gratterall in his first day, being back up only by out by one run. Definitely questionable. There were some questionable moments in that series, and I figured might as well just jump right into it. So, you guys know this guy. You love this guy. Yeah, you, you, you live for his voice every moment of your day and night. <laughs> we are welcoming our good friend, uh, host of your Dodgers Nation post game show, and host of his own show with his own name, Dodgers Dugout. That's Mr. Doug McCain. What's going on, buddy? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. You just you just can't My get bosses. enough of this. How you guys crap? doing, man? What a great weekend! <laughs> Exhilarating series. So much to get into, man. It was wild. It's been said in other places, but I cannot believe the level of baseball we were seeing in the month of April. Yeah. I mean, it had a postseason like feel to it. The tension, the energy, the beat LA chants were back. You had the drama, you had bad umpiring, you had great plays. The series pretty much had everything. It really did. I mean, you had a, little, a couple little rows. You had one one full blown bench clearing and one like partial bench clearing because Brofar. But, but there was no rally cat, which I, I mean, no rally cat. <laughs> what are we even playing baseball for if there's yeah. no cat on the field? You know what I 
mean, yeah, we are in it for the puss. Oh, I mean, for the cats. Ah, there we go. Yeah, Way to save yeah, it. There it is. Yeah. All right, Doug. So, I mean, we're just going to hit you right off the top in because the this is this is what everybody's talking about. Obviously, you never. I'm not one of those fans. I'm not one of those guys that's like walks away from the game and I'm like, <laughs> oh, we lost that because of the umpires or we lost that because of the officiating. I've never been that guy. I have very strong feelings about electronic strike zones. I don't really like the idea of them. I think that the technology is not there and we're very far away. We're far from it. I don't think it's coming anytime soon. But yeah. you can't really you can't really doubt how bad the umpiring was this weekend. And you know it was bad because both sides were like, oh, yeah, that yeah. was pretty bad umpiring. Go it was it. terrible. I mean, the level of incompetence is just ridiculous at this point. I mean, especially when you consider that what the Dodgers do at an elite level is their strike zone awareness, is their play discipline, and they can't play their game if they're mm. taking balls or that are ruled strikes. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you saw uh, Justin Turner top of the ninth. You saw Justin Turner earlier in the game than the call to Chris Taylor. Those are just clearly not strikes. I don't know if the plate has wheels on it or what it is. I don't know if the umpires owe Tony Soprano money. I don't know what it is, but the umpiring just seems to get worse and worse every year. And this year, it's just really jarring just how bad it really looks. Yeah, it, it was something else. I think uh, it was a low 90% score for everybody. Tom Hallion was all over the place on Saturday. Phil oh, Cuzzy. Phil Cuzzy, Phil God, Cuzzy was just different, just different level bad, uh, a different level of bad uh, on, uh, on Sunday. And, you know, I see the arguments people talking about yeah it was it was kind of even for both sides but like you just said i think you nailed it and I, I don't think enough people have have taken that stance on it like the dodgers live on those walks and they would have worked i mean you you can't count you can't really uh pontificate or prognosticate on what would have happened but um yeah, now these dudes were out here masturbating the whole time. Hey, see what I did there? Ah. It was a baiting because because <laughs> the umpires were a bunch of jerk offs, is what I'm saying. But go ahead, why don't you tell me about that real quick? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's, it's I mean it's absolutely you're absolutely right. I mean they they live on the the chase not mm-hmm. uh, is on the low chase rate, the strike zone awareness. And yes, I mean if if uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. if they had gotten him out in the in the bottom of the eighth inning mm-hmm. and it was only a one run game, then we'd be really yelling at the top of our lungs right now because if Justin Turner gets on, I mean, this team can manufacture runs in late innings better than any team in Major League Baseball. They're first in the league right now in walks per game, so that is their game, along with, of course, slugging and timely hitting, but to, to take that advantage away from the Dodgers, I mean, this is a team that is going to win, is going to finish with the best record in the league. But look, I mean, some of these games that come down to a strike here and a strike there, if they're in contention for that all-time record, 116 wins in a regular season, we may, might look back and be like, would the umpires cost us the the right to be like an all-time great team? That's what I'm worried about. But like you said, too, it's it was going both ways. Trevor Bauer definitely benefited from some calls yeah. during that game as well. So at least <laughs> if it's, it's consistently bad on both teams, I was watching on um, – one of the streaming one of the streaming sites along with the game the the Padres one just to, oh, yeah. I like to have the Padres one and the Dodgers one at the same time to see how they're how they're vibing differently and even their dude was laughing at some of the calls like the <laughs> yeah. ball to Chris Taylor so I mean it's look man it's it's one thing that uh uh it's like that that Crips and Bloods meme where they're holding up the rag you know what I mean? It's like the Padres fans and the Dodgers fans are both getting the, the bad calls is going both ways. So at right. least it, that feels good. But yeah, I mean, it just it's so frustrating because I do think it's just it's been a really great start to the year, especially if you're a Dodger fan. That exciting series, mm-hmm. you just don't want to have bad calls like that, and it's just so blatantly obvious. But yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what the answer is right now. Uh, I do think they need to hold them to a different level of accountability 
But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I heard some stuff on the post game show yesterday. You know, everybody wants the robo umps. Like, are you guys on board completely with the robo umps? I, I think that you know. In terms of longevity and what you're looking at, I think that eventually that will be there. I just don't think we're at that point yet. I mean, we we asked Trevor Bauer about it when on a on a uh, Zoom. Zoom call, yeah. and he was just like, you know, I don't think it's a bad idea, but I think we're a long way away from that being ready to go. He's like, it's just not there. It doesn't it doesn't read it the same way that the human eye does. It doesn't quite understand that even if you touch the zone, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a strike. We've seen there were a couple pitches yesterday that just heavy sinking sliders, especially as spin rate increases and things like that go up and the break, vertical break on things increase it's going to miss. It's going to be like, oh, it touched the zone technically, so it's a strike. It's like, yeah, but the catcher caught it at his toes. There's no way that's a strike. So how does that work out? So I'm not on board with it necessarily. Um, Jags over on uh, um, Twitch, which we don't have a lot of Twitchers, so that's pretty cool to have a, another Jags. Twitcher on. Welcome. says, I hate how umps get o- almost no accountability for the bad you. strike zones. That's there should be some punishment for having a horrible strike. And te- to be fair, we don't know. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes. We don't know what happens with the umpires union because they protect their umpires very well. Very well, yeah. Very well, almost probably arguably to a fault. There is almost zero reason that Angel Hernandez should be in the league still, and definitely zero reason that he should be issuing lawsuits because they said that he shouldn't be umpiring playoff games because he's awful, and there should be. I don't know what the review process would look like. I think we have umpire auditors on Twitter yeah. that they devote their entire life and then all, everything that they do online to, to auditing what umpires do, how accurate they are, how fair they were to each side, how they benefited one team over the other, and if they if somebody can do that for free in their spare time, then yeah. we can certainly do that on the professional <laughs> level and decide who should be in games because there are very clearly bad umpires. Yeah, that that's my thing. Like, yeah. I mean, if if we get to a robot umpire situation, whatever, we'll deal with it. We always adapt. Baseball fans adapt to what happens. Not everybody always likes what happens, but we adapt because we want to keep watching our game. But we have human people, flesh umpires right now, and uh, if, if they're going to be uh, you know calling these games, there needs to be some sort of... I, I, I would even say an outward accountability. Fans should know, like, look, we know this guy did bad. We're seeing the numbers. You know, right. if they can go and 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 uh, you know grab all of Trevor Bauer's balls and everybody else's balls and do their analysis and whatever, and eventually provide a report. I would like to see some sort of report. Long way around. I'd like to see some sort of report on on umpires and how they're they're um, you know disciplined and and uh, just. Uh, the accountability factor. I just how wanna, are they reviewed? I just want to know that Joe West is getting like beat up in the back room or something like that after a game. I just I just need to know that these guys are not being <laughs> rewarded for being terrible umpires. And obviously, Paulo Duca obviously uh-huh. just got screwed, and he has to pay uh, Joe West like five hundred grand or something like that because he said something on a podcast. Well, about he him, accused so. him of of. Uh, he said that Joe West uh, had a deal with a pitcher that was like, "Hey, I'll yeah, uh, I get he to was, use your car, and I'll I'll expand the strike zone." Yeah, for he you was a accusing bit. him of. Bribery, essentially. So you don't say that. That's what I'm saying, man. That there is such thing as a libel and accountability in that regard. But yeah, let us right. let us know things about uh, what's going on behind the scenes. But again, even as bad as most uh, most of us think that series went uh, call wise, again, it was pretty even. The numbers show that it's only favoring these umpire scorecards, depending on how you you take these things in. But the, the Dodgers uh, were or the Padres were plus one run ish. Over over the uh, the Dodgers uh, over the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, anyways, yeah, whatever you take on that, but still, give me accountability. In a war. 
stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Getting into a few of the comments here. Uh, <laughs> Tim says, hey, guys, there you go. That's uh, solid, yeah. Ray, Ray Tran is asking, we're going to talk about Santana's outings. Uh, Juice says, Doug, I love you. Deborah says, hey, D-Mac. We got some more. Fredo saying D-Mac before midnight Eastern time. Doug is happy, or sorry, Roach <laughs> is happy to see Doug in there. Um, yeah, Doug, you were. Uh, I mean, on Friday night, man, I was, I was, I was getting ready for Mimi's, and I was looking at you on YouTube, and I was like, man, I would hate to be Doug yeah. right now. There's, yeah, there's so much to dive oh, into. I, I Tell you, us you about that the Friday, like man. In the 45th minute. That's where the real ones are. Like yeah. the people that stay with the last 10 minutes. It was like 1 a.m. Like L.A. time, and you still had, you know, what five, six hundred people active and live on all of the streaming services together. The thing is, it was Friday night in L.A., which means. Everybody was hammered in your stream too. There, there were, uh, there After were quite. A game. There were quite a few people who were very clearly drunk in the stream. So it was number one. It's just entertaining to watch you struggle with those guys throughout the course of an entire chat. But you got through them. You muscled through it. Had the all. You do have. I mean, dude, your show is super popular, obviously. But also, like, you have the guys that just stay around no matter what yeah. time it is. No matter what time the game ends. It doesn't matter if it's eleven innings or eighteen innings. Those guys are there, and I think that's pretty cool. We have people like that, but they—I don't think they would stick around for 18 innings for us personally. <laughs> Respect. I mean, if you, I, I mean, really, credit goes to this heated—I don't want to call it a full-blown rivalry. Like I said, I've been saying it's like a, a fling, a temporary rivalry because <laughs> to me, it's like you know, a real rivalry. You throw out the records, and you still want to beat that team. This rivalry is contingent right. on the Padres being a contender. A contender. As soon as they're not a good team anymore, we're not going to care about them anymore. We're just basically going to fill up Petco sure. Park at you know 90 percent. Uh, Dodger fans like we used to but the, I mean really there's something about these two teams that gets people really going I think it's the proximity with each other I think it's the players that they have on their team like it's just really the perfect mix when it comes to the Padres and Dodgers and it just gets people going and like as far as the people on the chat man I mean they just have me rolling and we yeah. pretty much thought of like every type of like San Diego dish you could think of from the sad Diego to sham Diego you know body slam Diego I mean these guys yeah. just bring it in the comments of <laughs> the very end there but, yeah, I mean, going back to the umpires, I mean, really I think that – look, I mean, look, it's we have the luxury of replay. We can see with all mm. the technology where the strike zone is, where the ball landed. They're in real time. And someone from, someone on the chat yesterday actually had a really good point saying we need to put the umpire behind the pitcher again, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny, like old school times. Uh, which like, maybe you have both. Maybe you have like an umpire come behind the pitcher, <laughs> you know, behind the pitcher, something like that. But really, what it comes down to, I think too, is like you like you mentioned on Twitter, people just dedicate their whole you know their whole Twitter presence to evaluating umpires. Whereas look, you can see cut and dry whether it's a ball or a strike in baseball, other sports like a basketball referee. No one's out there. To like block and charge calls like this maybe rex chapman you know back in the day but or like you know pi calls there's a lot of yeah. like, more subjective stuff in other sports but we can you know we know what a ball and a strike is and look i mean justin turner really has a big gripe i saw uh, -huh. uh his uh his wife went to twitter you know yeah. like you know i knew that was coming i could feel that coming the whole night like she could not just go get out get over with already but look, like you said, too, we're not going to blame the series on the umpires. We still no. took two games out of three. Yeah. The bats were just ice cold yesterday. You had three hits in yesterday's game. They hit like 166 for the whole series. So, 
Look, I mean, but look, I mean, it's fun to it's fun to dog on these umpires, like you said. I mean, yeah, it, it really like is. It all went to the Angel Hernandez School of Umpiring this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it is. Look, we'll, look, we're, it's so I, I, it's good that I think that they need to address this early on this season. And you've seen just throughout Major League Baseball some of these missed calls, some of these just horrific strikes. Yeah. And like a high strike, I mean, if it's passing the Dodgers' were mark and you're getting them the high strike right there, you know it's just getting ridiculous. But <clears throat> yeah, this yeah, this mean, season look, and, and this going season back to feels Robo-ums too. It's like man, I mean, I it, the, like Joe Davis. I can tell Joe Davis is seems like during the broadcast <laughs> he doesn't seem like he's a big proponent of the robo umps. He yeah. wants the human element of the game. Yeah. And I'm with him on that too, but I do think there can be some type of happy medium where they can have some electronic aid mm-hmm. to try to help them make calls. I don't really have the answers as far as electrode you know, like up their ass. Setting some type of electronic strike zone and have them be able to <laughs> just have some type of aid where just they're just not going on their just own judgment. And I don't know. What, what do you guys think is uh, well, I is like, the, way, the best way to keep them accountable? I like Eric here, our boy Eric Ulo. Uh, we got the whole family here there. If you guys haven't <laughs> watched it, watch uh, 3 Up, 3 Down here on our oh. Dodgers Nation YouTube channel. He's saying, you know, uh, can we all agree to get rid of the uh, the static strike zone on, on the, the broadcast? Because that's probably Would drastically making... change the reaction. Because, number yeah. one, it's not an official strike zone. That's not officially yeah. where they call balls yeah. and strikes. But, number two, they... All things considered, when you look at misses, a big miss for a major league umpire is three to four inches off the plate. In real life, that's pretty damn close. Like yeah. that is a really tight. Like to the human eye, I think you were you and I were throwing a little bit. I, and I was standing human. behind you when somebody was throwing to you, and I was like, I can't tell where that ball is. I, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get paid to do this for a living. So, look, we'll, we'll probably fix this moving forward. I don't know how the hell we're going to fix it. If you guys have recommendations, drop them below. We'll find them a little bit later. But I mean, overall. <clears throat> At the end of the day, the Dodgers take two or three. In yes. my mind, always sucks to lose the first game. Always sucks to lose the last game. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot here about the umpires. Let's dig into to the games a little bit there again. Two of three, not a terribly clean series. Both teams weren't overly healthy, we'll say for sure. For for the L.A. side of things, I think you had already mentioned it. You know, like uh, the bats didn't come out overly hot. So is it the bats were quiet? Maybe just you know too too many runs before, or were they tamed by better pitching? Well, well go ahead, give me your thoughts on that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you saw yesterday was was a rough day for the bats. Could definitely yeah. came out cold, couldn't get anything going. Chris Taylor just hit a tank job there in the second inning. Will Smith had that one hit, but really, this, I mean, Corey Seager was quiet during the whole series. Mookie Betts, he had that double in game two, but for the most part. You didn't see the Dodgers just really – I mean, it was nice to see Luke Rayleigh get that home run. I think they had four home runs total in the series. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you'll take that in a, against the Padres. But, look, I mean, you got, you got to give credit. They have a really good bullpen. They definitely have a really good bullpen down in San Diego. They have, a, they have, they have quality arms out there. Blake Snell, he really settled down after he gave up that home run to Chris Taylor. Did throw a lot of pitches, but yeah, they got it done in the from the bullpen. And then you Darvish, he pitched well. I mean, it was pretty much a pitcher's duel until Clayton Kershaw got that ribby walk there, which was just a fantastic <laughs> at bat. He got him fouling off pitches. Don't piss off the goat. You see what happens uh, yesterday. But really, I just think that they're a quality team that put a lot into that series. Weathers also settled down on Friday night. So look, this Dodger team has been hot all year, and they're they have, they have one, you know the top OPS in the league, one of the best offenses in all of Major League Baseball. But it's it's not going to be easy. I mean, you got 16 more games against the Padres, and they're a team that definitely has quality arms, and they still haven't gotten you know Denelson Lamette back. So mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. But I do think that look, it's on the road. We still exploded for 11 runs in game two. So when it mattered most, we were still – anytime they took the lead, we came back, and you yeah. saw the big hit from 
from uh, Seager there to take mm-hmm. the lead late. Just and then I, he had the really nice surprises, too, with Dennis Santana getting the big punch out to Fernando Tatis Jr. And I think David Price really, to me, was my big takeaway. One of my biggest takeaways from the weekend was the growth of David Price. I mean, he's yeah. getting punch outs. He's really acclimating to that role as a bullpen piece. You love it. He's fully embraced it. And that's something I remember. I think uh, Jimmy Nelson also stepped up big. But mm-hmm. the two guys that didn't really um, you know, pass their Padres test, I would say, is Corey Knable. <laughs> and then that's a tough spot for Bruce Dark Gradall yesterday. Yeah. I don't care what you say. That's a tough spot to put in the guy. His first appearance of the year against the Padres did have a nice strikeout. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, this offense is going to score runs. And I think yesterday was really just kind of an aberration. Well, I think the whole series, I mean, you look at some of the decisions, and that's what we get, that's what we pay ourselves to do is look back at things that that maybe Dave did or just moments in the game or whatever, and, and this kind of felt like a, a little bit of dock in the dock, and, and, and particularly in that Sunday game, in last night's game, you, you or yesterday's game, I mean, he, he, I think he said after the game he looked to stay away from a few guys, and... and did, didn't it feel almost like he punted on third down? Like it, yes. it, to me, it had that feeling where it was like, a, "Hey, we're still in this game. What do you, what, you know, what's your plan of attack here?" Because it doesn't feel like you're trying to win this ball game at this time. It, to yeah. me, it felt like he was trying to keep guys fresh and healthy, which I understand. Over the course of a 162 game season, it's a grind, especially coming off of 60 games. I get that entirely. You got to keep, especially your elite arms. You got to keep them elite. You got to keep them ready yeah. to go. It matters in October. It doesn't matter so much in April. <clears throat> understand that. It did feel like he punted on third down a little bit, though. Being, bringing Bruzdar in in that spot. It was cute. Dude. <laughs> but not the right call. I mean, yeah, the second it happened, you were like, there's no way this is going to work out. Number one, I mean, first day back. Let's just yeah. call it that, what it is. It's his first day back. Number two, it's not like you're throwing him against the Rockies. You're throwing no. him against a very, very high-powered offense. Number three, you threw him right against the heart of the order. I mean, yeah. he comes out against Manny, you know, Manny Machado, Eric three Cosmer, three. crushing balls. And, yeah. I mean, like you're not setting him up for success here. You're bringing him in and being like, look, man, I know you just got here, but ju- go ahead and jump in the fire, and uh, if it goes wrong, that's on you, so good luck. And didn't love it. Didn't like that situation. I understood he needed to keep arms fresh. Um, I thought he could have done a better job of that. Mm-hmm. He, we did talk a little bit about the, use, the usage of Dennis Santana. Um, to me, that felt more like a, I definitely want to save my arms now. Yeah. Um, so let's just go ahead and throw Dennis Santana out there because uh, why not? I mean, he had a big moment in that Friday game for sure. He like the, yep. To load the bases and get that big K of Tatis. But at the same time, like you look at Tatis and we, I think we kind of were, we proved model here <laughs> in saying that Fernando Tatis was not ready to be activated for the series, they rushed him. He had one home run, and then oh man, he he's back. Fernando's back. MLB all, all at MLB all across social media. Good Fernando's dude. back, and then he's over for the rest of his life. One for thirteen. I mean, yeah. he struck out six times. He he looked really defeated at the plate. We got a Looked lot of on offense, we got a lot defense? of stuff from Padres fans that was like, "Look at you guys crying because Fernando Tatis is coming back." I'm like, <laughs> "I'm not afraid of Fernando Tatis. Definitely not right now. When he's healthy, yeah, I'm terrified of that guy. He's a monster. But I know he's not healthy. I know he's there's yeah. no way that he goes down as hard as he did, comes back to 100 percent full health. There's no way. And you you saw it. You expected it. Anytime his hand came off the bat, you could tell he was like, "Oh my god, like yeah, I, yeah, I, I, can... I got to calm down a little bit." Yeah, and that's yeah. that's not his game, but. No. Uh, for me, all right. So I have. I, I, I mean, I feel bad for the. You could tell, like, if you're a Padres fan, every time he takes a swing, you're going to be holding your breath for the rest of the year. I yeah. Mean, it's just. It was clear that he. I mean, it was. I mean, of course, he had home run. I mean, he had all the errors, but he did have a home run. But he did not look like he was. He definitely didn't look like he's far from 100 percent out yeah. there. To throw him back there against the Padres, 
I mean, against the Dodgers in this series, I think it was a big risk mm-hmm. if you're if you're San Diego. But I agree with you 100. percent It did feel like they punted on that game. You pretty much deploy your lowest leverage relievers in that situation when you already shuffled the rotation to put your big three to go and yes. win this series and be aggressive and set the tone against the Padres. To me, it didn't make sense. It'd be like playing your little brother at one on one, and then you're up like <clears throat> 10 to five or something and you see the look on his face he's looking sad and you let him score like the next six points and come back and beat you because you feel bad or something it's like if you're gonna go for the jugular go for the jugular in that situation we have the plenty of time to get bruised dark gratterall back into the into the swing of things you don't do it against san diego padres like you just said against the meat of the lineup where manny machado was just in a groove yesterday i don't know what he's got the code the code against Trevor Bauer or something like that. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, look, man, if you're going to go for the sweep, go for the sweep. And, yeah, Dennis Santana did have a good moment on yeah. Friday. But I think that, look, you finish up the series, you just crush their spirits in the first series of the year. And then, look, man, you could – with the Dodgers' lead right now is crazy. I mean, that would have been, you know, 14-2. and two. You could really run away with this division the first couple of months. There's no looking back. But I guess the advantage of that, too, is, like, I mean, if it does stay a little close, you don't get as complacent. But I'm with you 100% on that. I mean, just go for it, man. It's the Padres. You, they, yeah. All this stuff about, oh, it's not a rivalry, I get it. But you want to assert yourself against this team. And you want to just look. I mean, yeah. how great would it have been to beat them nine, you know, nine games in a row? It'd be like, <laughs> yeah, be I mean, awesome. and, and they're a you know, division rival. That's the biggest thing. Maybe not you're, you're, you're not ready to accept them fully as a rival. But they're a division rival. you got to win those games because they can, they can come back to, to bite you in the ass in, in September. And uh, the, the, you know, these two teams only play three times in September. They, they, they finish their season at Dodger Stadium at the end of September and then the Dodgers have three more against the Pirates so those you can pretty much bank as wins if you need to but but you you in that Sunday game and 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 I'll find a way to make this less about just complaining and wondering if if this is something we should uh get used to going forward but you got to figure you know Kenley's okay to throw an inning there Corey Knable sure he had you know Max uh, Max Bay our boy uh, choice fielder here saying you know Knable was, was due for a bad, bad outing for sure um so that's fine you know it's his first time throwing against like a, a a real team right for for a hot minute uh but they're probably available you don't throw Bruzdar in that situation you go uh you you got to keep that lead and I mean, on the other side too, there there was some sloppy defense too. Seeger on, on his flat-footed throw, he lost the ball um, for for Scott Alexander. That ended up being like the difference maker. Yeah, uh, Friday one. the the McKinstry rushed throw, uh, you know, Mookie's missed catch on Sunday in right field too. I mean, granted, obviously he had that, this amazing catch in center, but uh, he probably should have made that play in in uh, in right yesterday. But I don't know. It, it felt like. I don't know. Did it feel like they maybe got a little more sloppy? Or again, the punt, punting in the third. No, I guess that's I what mean, it just is. Just in general, it, I mean, just in general across the across the whole series. Like you look at Friday night. Friday night felt very sloppy too. There was a lot of things that went wrong in it. There was a lot of things that you're like, "There's no way they win this freaking ball game." I mean, up until Seager hit that home run in the extra innings, it didn't feel like the Dodgers were going to win on Friday. Like yeah. pretty much at any point during that game, did it feel like they were going to win? Because there was just so much going wrong for them, so much working against them. The only thing that wasn't working against them was the fact that the Padres just cannot hit with runners in scoring position, as demonstrated like by every extra innings part of them and. uh 
I mean, it felt weird. It felt bad throughout the course of it. It, it is what it is. We took two or three at the end of the day. That's yeah. all that really matters. I'm not. I'm not going to complain about it. And I'm not going to. I don't look forward to this weekend. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just. <laughs> yeah. I don't look forward for. I don't like investing myself that much into every pitch. I like investing myself that much into every game. That's a lot of fun. Really entertaining. But every pitch, man, it is mentally it's, and it's even lot. physically just exhausting to really be is. involved in every ball thrown. Doug, it is hard. <laughs> Doug, before we let you go, man, so like like Brooks alluding to here, we got four more of these this weekend. Can we, uh, can we like, can our hearts survive this? Like, it's not the, the pain of, oh, we might lose. It's just like Brooks saying, the intensity, like the, how much we need to stay. We, we feel the need to stay involved in these games for every, every second, every moment, every pitch, every step. Uh, what's your pro tip to uh, to surviving these games besides listening to both the Dodgers and the, the Padres podcast or uh, broadcast? Look, I mean, just uh, look, I mean, I'll, I'm not gonna lie. I love it, man. I love it. I love the competition between the Padres and the Dodgers. There's just something that's personal about this matchup. And I guess my my tip is just, hey, man, just uh, just continue to live in the moment and focus on the game and just uh, wish wish hard against the Padres. I mean, I think that really just, I mean, to me, like it does feel like a postseason atmosphere between these two teams. And I think that what it comes down to it is just think about it. It is still a 162 mm-hmm. game season. A loss versus the Padres would not be the end of the world. Okay. It wouldn't be the end of the world at all, but you just want to continue to beat down on our little brothers down in San Diego. <laughs> but look, I mean, just enjoy the games. I mean, look, I mean, we're going to watch the Mariners the game tonight and you know, it's going to be great. It's baseball is baseball. But it's gonna, you know, have a different feeling to it. But we cannot take, and we got 16 more of these games to go against the Padres. Yeah. Hopefully, both teams can stay healthy. Like I said, San Diego, you never know with them. I call them the check engine light Padres, <laughs> is the way they just play their players, no matter what they're gonna do. But look, I mean, just enjoy it, man. Like, I mean, so you just never know when rivalries like this, matchups like this, when they fizzle out. I mean, I remember, you know, <laughs> Lakers, Suns, Lakers, Phoenix. I mean, Lakers, uh, Kings. I mean, all these great rivalries, like. They're great, and then all of a sudden they disappear. So I think the key is just you know enjoy them, enjoy the intensity of them, and uh, just you know just keep it moving. I mean, yeah. Uh, to me, it's like I think you just got to really just embrace this. And look, if it's uh, if it's making you feel this type of way, that just means you love the game. I think that's really what it comes down to. Well said, man. Anthony also Anthony Keen backs you up. He says uh, first survival tip is, uh, is is whiskey. That helps. Oh yeah, I mean of course <laughs> I thought that was just the obvious. Lots of booze. I mean just. Yeah. You know, have, you know, tons of, you know, Jim Beam and Modelo's and, you know, <laughs> Kershaw beer that you got on your desk. Just like <laughs> a lot of that. Sponsor. So for sure. I mean, no question about it. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I take a, a bit. I drink a big tall glass of wine uh, after every game. So were you in a robe like this stuff? Were you in the robe like Dave Roberts? With the oh, wine? No, man, I'm like I'm talking like Seven Eleven, like the cheapest stuff they have. I mean, nothing over ten bucks. I mean, we're talking uh, no, low grade. No, uh, low no Roberts stuff. Red Stitch wine. Uh, no, man, maybe you can send me some. Doug, Doug, this is always fun, man. Uh, everybody, make sure you go follow Doug. That's at dmac underscore la on Twitter and Instagram. He always drops the heat there. Uh, he lives and breathes this crap, and uh, you know it, it's it, it's a good time. Find him here all the time on our Dodgers Nation YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dodgers Nation TV. He hosts a uh, he hosts your DN post game show. He also hosts a, uh, a a news show and keeps you updated on everything that's going on. We just dropped a video uh, with. with all the highlights from the San Diego series. So I'm sure 
you're pretty burnt out on it. Um, we probably won't see you till like Friday or something like that. Maybe maybe take Tuesday off, do Friday and and do Sunday <laughs> this week, and just try to survive, my man. Oh, I know. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, this is the best Dodger podcast in the game. There's not a close second. You guys get it done every single week, man. I look forward to you. It's like, you know, gives me chills just coming on the show, man. It's like it's like if I was a kid and I was like being animated into an episode of The Simpsons. This is how it feels like going on your guys' show, man. I love this show, man. It's the best. Oh, <laughs> uh, you only say that because we pay you to, man. Hey. I mean, partly, I mean, like, half, half pretty much. Yeah. Okay, man. No, Thanks, I mean, no bud. Hey, the best in the game, no doubt. We got to announce the winner of our giveaway. We got to give away our Willie. Give away our Willie. Last week, we announced that we would be giving away this Will Smith autographed photo, courtesy of our friends over at Elite Sports Collectibles. And we have a wiener. Uh, excuse me? For the Willie. Uh, pardon? Oh, is that the end of the drum roll? Yeah. Good job. Yeah, well yeah. done. Uh, the winner of this beautiful Will Smith MLB authenticated photo is Bonnie Michelle Soto over on Instagram. Congratulations. You get a Willie on your wall. Uh, we're going to leave it at that. You get, we'll send you an Instagram DM. Got 48 hours to respond or else uh, that Willie becomes someone else's Willie. Thanks, that's- Elite Sports Collectibles. And, and and that's it. That's the show. No, it's not the show. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about Ooh. what's going on with your Los Angeles Dodgers before we talk about what's coming up next, because obviously we're doing this on a Monday before uh, game one in San Diego, or sorry, in Seattle, the opposite of San Diego. Um, some injury updates. There no roster moves. Nothing. Uh, nothing's happened yet, but Lux hit the injured list. He's got a... He's got a little wimpy wrist right now. His wrist has an ouchie. It's only on swings. Thankfully, he is making some progress, but they hit a point where they realize they probably need a little bit more help. Uh, Dodgers are carrying 14 pitcher or, uh, pitchers on the roster right now, so our boy Mad Baby, Mr. Matt Beatty, had to get uh, option down, and I just continued to feel terrible for Matt Beatty. He deserves uh, an opportunity to play baseball somewhere, and he's not getting it here. And it and it sucks. You're not going to get. How's he going to hit? How's he going to come up and pinch hit if he hasn't seen pitching? Like, what is he going to do? Hit up against uh, you know, D- Dino Ebel's BP fastball and be cool with it? Like, okay. Dino throws heat, man. Now I can go face Mark Melanson. Yeah, Dino throws heat. I don't know what to tell you. Throws hard. But uh, yeah, Lux is on on the IL right now. Cody is making some progress from his uh, his fracture. Which was revealed this fracture in his leg, which is fun, which makes sense. And also, what the hell, Raymond? What Gudan, Guduan, whatever the hell that kid's name is, like, like, just learn, kind of control yourself when you're running. This is coming from a big boy, like, you know, like watch the stomps. Maybe don't just lunge into <laughs> a man's. He didn't legs. like step on his ankle. He like stepped on a leg. Like, how do yeah. you step on a leg? Like, <laughs> all right. I look. I look. I've never been an athlete, so I don't. I don't know, but. But uh, yeah, Cody. Cody. Uh, Dave said earlier, just uh, about an hour ago, said that Cody made some really good progress today. He's running. He took some hacks. Uh, I think he said he he did some uh, drills in the outfield too. Like he, he he's getting closer. You might see him for this uh, this next series in San Diego. But luckily, the Dodgers don't rush their players, so that's a good thing. Um, who who else have we got? I mean, we got Bruce Dar back now. Alex Vesia had a, a really quick cup of coffee that doesn't count because he was just on the roster. Got his one day of big league money. Got his free breakfasts for uh, the day. I, I'm kind of wondering, man. Are, are we? Are we? Do we have any sort of concern with the bodies that we've been losing? Just little nicks and dings that are happening early in the season. I a part of me wants to be like they're just playing this pretty conservatively this early on, and they want to keep guys healthy. And that was definitely the 
the thought process early on, it seems like. But it, to me, it almost feels like things are getting a little bit more serious as we get further into the season. Mm-hmm. I think Cody Bellinger's was obviously pretty pretty serious for a decent amount of time. I think they played Mookie's just very safe, and obviously you want to protect Mookie at all yeah, costs, and that Mookie. was the right call. Don't necessarily know where they're at with Gavin Lux. Felt It felt very uh, sudden and out of nowhere. Yeah. Almost it was like, hey, his risk is kind of sore today. And then it was like, you know what? We got to ILM. him. We need another roster spot. I understand that. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is a little bit of both. But also you look at the depth that the Dodgers have and you're like, eh, I'm not really too worried about it. I mean, you have Luke Rayleigh starting two games for against the Padres in a yeah. big series, batting ninth and hitting a home run. Of all of all people to do so. So when you're in a situation like that, you can feel pretty good about it. Um, you know that they're going to make good decisions, and you know they're going to bring up the right people in the yeah. right so- in the right spots. Um, you know, I think Noisy, I think, is getting another start tonight, which I'm kind of excited about to see. I want to see him get him some better swings in. He didn't didn't look great in his first uh, no. start against Snell, but it was also against Blake Snell. So yeah, and we go from one lefty. Now we're facing two. Let's move on to this next series. Dodgers go on to Seattle. To play the Mariners twice today and tomorrow again. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, we don't know what the score is. This is like an hour before first pitch. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, D May going up against Justice Sheffield, left-handed pitcher, and then Julio tomorrow against Marco Gonzalez, also a left-handed yeah. pitcher. So once again, the uh, the boys seem to be kind of struggling against uh, LHP LHPs. I think they've just had some tough ones. I think that's I think yeah. that's the the situation so far. I mean, Snell is probably going to be the toughest left-hander they face all year, so that's the good news. Yeah. I don't really, I don't really have any other bad news, but yeah, I mean, the I bad think, news is they're facing two lefties. Is that I, bad news? I didn't look up any of the numbers, but uh, I think I think Mookie is O for the season against lefties. Ray F here on on YouTube pointing out CT three is so underrated. I mean that we would be. We would be in a lot of ouchie without uh, without Chris Taylor happening. Uh, we have a prediction: Dodgers twelve, Seattle two. So if that happens, um, go to Fernando. You can have my right shoe, not my left one. I need that one. But your right shoe is your driving shoe. I don't drive with shoes. I take one off. <laughs> you gotta feel the road, you know. It's a homecoming, by the way. CT three people bringing it up. Going home to Seattle. Does he get a standing ovation? I feel like he deserves it. How and and also, I don't think he's getting a standing ovation. And also, where where is Zach Lee in all of this? I think Zach Lee is uh, in a beer league. I think somewhere. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing nowadays. Man, Zach Lee is just one of those dudes that like if he if we did not if he did not lead to CT three, Dodgers fans would look at him very negatively. Yeah, like, very like Darren Dreifert level of negative, Oof. and that's. That's rough. That's a rough life to live. But uh, I don't know. Does it help? Does it help him at all knowing that he ended up with a CT3 and that's why we don't mind him so much? <laughs> I, I, that's a rough life, dude. I can't imagine him feeling overly good about being a, a folk hero in in, in a trade. <laughs> like he's not going to get called back for the alumni game in, in 2030. <laughs> I mean, he might. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he was but, bad. <laughs> let, let's see. I have the numbers here in front of me. Uh two thirty eight wow. is a team batting average. Uh heading into play on Monday. Two thirty eight against left handed pitching. Five dingers, twenty three ribs. Uh not great. OPS under seven fifty. You hope they, they start figuring out uh how to hit some of these guys because there are some pretty good left handers in this league and you're probably gonna face some of them venturing the playoffs. So if you're rendered uh, almost useless against them. 
teams are just going to build their their rotations and their bullpens to to beat you. And the Padres are going to trade you Darvish for a left-handed pitcher. They're going to trade uh, Mike Clevenger for a left-handed pitcher. Did you uh, Did you get a chance to hear the uh, uh, Dylan Hernandez thing? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> we weren't going to talk about it, but this is this is fun. Your your boy, everybody's favorite uh, Dodger hater, Los Angeles Times columnist uh, Dylan Hernandez was on uh, AM with our friends at AM five seventy today. And and he uh, he talked about how you Darvish is leaps and bounds or however he said it leaps and bounds better uh, a pitcher than anybody on the Dodgers staff, including and taking into consideration the fact that he got beat or outpitched by Clayton Kershaw. Like just I don't even know where to go with that. Like like why write about the Dodgers if you hate them actively, and also no. Look, I know he's a big U Darvish fan. Like I, we've known that for a very long time. He was very excited when he came to the Dodgers, so I understand that. But also, I mean, you don't you don't get to be his personality and get away with that. Like, <laughs> like if you and I were to say something along those lines, we might get away with it. Like yeah. we like U Darvish. We've given him a hard time in the past. Since then, we've made amends with him. Um, I did that. I did that article with the Japanese reporter uh, Yoshisawa. That's uh-huh. his name. I had to look it up because I forgot what his name was. Uh, but Sawa-san? he asked. You know, he he needed a Dodgers writer perspective and he needed a Padres writer's perspective. So he asked me, and then he asked some dude with like two hundred thousand followers. And I was like, I think there was a cross up here, Yoshi. I think you needed to go to somebody maybe bigger. But now I'm glad he didn't because what if he did go to Dylan and Dylan's just like the Dodgers suck. Clayton Kershaw's the worst. You Darvish is the greatest of all time. Uh, go Padres or whatever he says nowadays. I don't know why he just doesn't become a... a is there an SD times? <laughs> Jim Jim here says on Facebook says, uh, Dylan finds no joy in sports. What a miserable person. Yeah, if you don't find joy in sports, you are the ultimate in in uh in miserable human for sure i think i think there's a constant question of like uh, how can you hate a team that you cover so dearly yeah act- actively I, like working towards hating some you, team you feel the cringe usually whenever he pops up in the uh in the pregame and postgame zooms because he's going to have something that doesn't help or, or isn't really going to be written about by anybody and then he'll write something completely different it's his thing yeah, yeah he yeah. wants to make sure that nobody else gets his thing and uh no one wants it we don't want it either. Yeah, we don't yeah, want it. Buddy. Definitely don't want it. But anyways, I just wanted to complain about that. Uh, I like that. Give us your your uh, your what's it called? Your predictions here for this uh, Seattle series. Do we win two or do we win three of two? We win three of two. <laughs> uh, I think we split the series in this one. I think uh, I think I think they're uh, going to need some time to recover. I think Doc is going to make sure guys are rested up for the Padres series. I think tomorrow, especially, we might not see a lot of the regulars in the lineup. Yeah, back-to-back days off. Dave loves doing that. Yeah, he's going to get some guys two days rest going into that four-game series, and then he's going to go, especially relievers, I think, is going to be a thing, and he's going to ride him hard during the uh, phrasing, but ride him hard during the uh, Padres series. <laughs> David DLF says uh, it's going to be Dodgers 8, Seattle 2. Roach says Seattle is an amazing city, big fan, Burger Master is elite. Yeah, but do they give you free burgers whenever the Dodgers strike out 10 batters? No. Jack I Jackson. don't think so. Yeah. Just saying. Mark says Seattle sucks and it's always raining. Oh, we have conflicting arguments here. Well, they're they're they have a roof, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Ari says young Sheldon noisy. AJ, AJ, there's your next one. Just saying. Um, Dan Purdue has a prediction. Seeger will have an error, but which one? Uh, just to bounce around to fill Maybe fill the last them. couple of uh, minutes here. Are we worried about Sieg's at uh, his defense right now? He seems a little. Uh, 
Look, man, I've said for the past like five years now that Corey Seager's not a shortstop. And I've gotten a lot of flack for that, by the way, over the years. And I would like an apology or two. Um, it's not a knock on Seager. It's it's not. It's just looking at him physically, is looking at how he moves, his mobility, his arm strength. There's a lot of things about him that scream, I am not a shortstop. And mm-hmm. I think before he was even drafted that experts came up with that opinion of him like yep he might be a shortstop for a few years but down the line he is definitely not a shortstop and people have said maybe he'll end up at third base maybe he'll end up at second even some people have said maybe further down the line he'll end up a first baseman who knows but i i look i'm right again i'm always right i just feel like people need to recognize that we are always right we said david price was going to be a very good bullpen piece before he that was even a thought Look at him now. You're welcome. We thought of it. We're the managers. Uh, my name is uh, Andrew Friedman. Uh, that's Dave Roberts. Hello, I'm Dave. Good to meet you. I do wins. Uh, <laughs> uh, external void says uh, Seeger's a shortstop as, and Ken Lee's a closer. <laughs> In jest. There you go. As much as that. Uh, Fernando's saying, yeah, go, more of a third base player. I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, I guess he doesn't necessarily have the range, but does he have the arm for third? I don't know. I, I think he does have the arm for third. I don't think he has the arm for short. You definitely, I mean, you know, you play deeper in the hole at short than you do at third. It, yeah. it doesn't look like it's a longer throw, but it often is a longer throw if you have to move at all. He is not a, by the way, abs, absolutely not a throw on the run kind of guy. Absolutely no. not. And that is a big thing for shortstop. Mm-hmm. It is not a big thing for third base, though. That's not a position you often throw on the run. Unless it's that. Swinging bunt play yeah. coming in, doing the Adrian Beltre. And that's fine. Not yeah, a, yeah. a lot of third basemen can't make that play anyways. Anyways, we'll button it up here with Ray Tran uh, giving us words of advice. Hey, 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 things may look down, but we got the best record, and I'd hate to be the Yankees because woof. <laughs> the Yankees suck. The Yankees suck. Anyways, you guys can find us on the internet. We live there. You're watching us there now. But go to uh, DodgersNation.com. That's a place where we do words and you could read them. Uh, subscribe to Blue Heaven. We are on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Stitcher Radio Player. Everywhere your podcasts are available for free. Subscribe there also. It would mean a whole bunch to us if you subscribe to us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash TV. Hit that notification bell. You will be glad you did. You'll be so glad you did. You get to see Doug every day. and What, what a treat. Day, what a Doug. treat it is to see Doug. Guys, I'm Matt Brook. Me three. This guy over here. At Real FRG. We're both on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you stay with us all season long. We're tweeting. Um, Will I make it? And being angry. Will I make it? No. Nope. Didn't make it. We are at Dodger Nation on Twitter, at Official Dodger Nation on Instagram. Make sure you check out uh, our page because uh, we got stuff going on all the time. Mostly good things. Sometimes bad things. We appreciate you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks for your questions. Thank you for your comments. Go Dodgers. Uh, Let's get uh, another winning streak going tonight. Start another eight. Laters. Laters.